This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. This is Vince Russo's The Brand. Welcome, everybody, to a bucket full of chicken necks. I am Vince Russo. These two gentlemen are Don and Juan. We're going to talk today about a few things that I have on my mind. I, uh, I read a story earlier today that um, reminded me very much of an old boss by the name of Brad Siegel. And uh, believe it or not, I was reading a um, story that involved Tony Khan. And um, I could see a lot of similarities between Tony Khan and Brad Siegel. In this story today, man, you know, Brad Siegel was the head of TNT and TBS. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about that. But, man, before we talk about that, bro, I want to talk about something in general. Guys, I can't stress to you enough how important it is to be open and honest in life. To just tell the truth, be transparent. Put it all out there. Guys, it is so much easier when you are open and you are honest. Because when you're open and honest, bro, you can walk around with a clear conscience. If you're hiding something, if you're lying, um, man, you, you got to continually cover your tracks you got to remember if, man, is the story I told this time, the last story I told that time. There, There's so much work involved when you are just deceitful and uh, you lie and are dishonest. Um, th- to me, that would almost be like a prison term where I'm constantly, constantly hiding something. It, w- it would almost be like I'm constantly running from the police. Bro, I swear to God, I'm going to be married for 40 years, guys, September 10th, 40 years. That's why, bro, in those 40 years, I was not capable of cheating on my wife because, bro, she would have found out by me telling her. I've got such a guilty conscience, bro, when I'm not being honest about something or I'm not telling somebody how I really feel or what I really think. And that's why in a lot of ways, man, I am grateful that I am a a, a New Yorker. Despite all the negativity that comes with that, bro, I am grateful. I am grateful that I am a, a New Yorker. I am grateful that I am an Italian New Yorker. I am grateful that there was a lot of yelling and screaming in my house at each other when I was growing up because we were all putting our feelings and we were all putting our emotions out there on the table. You knew where everybody stood. 
There were no dirty little secrets. There was no bullshit. So I'm reading this story today, and it's just reminding me so much of dirty little secrets and a lot of the bullshit I dealt with in professional wrestling. You know, guys, when I talk about Brad Siegel, I've told the story that after three months at WCW, politics kicked in. Bill Bush said, we're going in a different direction. I said, no problem. I'm not interested in that direction. I have a contract which says I am the head of creative. I'm not going to be part of a committee. I'm not going to be part of a team. That's not what I signed up for. So I'll just go home and you could pay me. So I did just that. I went home and they paid me for three months. Things went from bad to worse. And Brad Siegel called me. And I've told the story a million times. Vince, I want you to meet somebody. I knew it was Eric before I even got to the restaurant. And after that meeting, um, Brad said to me, I want you to work with Eric. Work with Eric. Now, bro, according to my contract, I could not turn down the wishes of Brad Siegel because my contract stated, yes, I am head of creative. I have final say-so, but if he wants me to work with somebody, I can't say no. Now, of course, if he would have said, you know, uh, Eric, Eric Bischoff is going to oversee you. Eric Bischoff is going to have the last say-so when it comes to creative. You know, Eric Bischoff is going to be your boss. Well, then, bro, I could have said, well, that's not what my contract states. My contract states that I am the head of creative and I have final say. It never got to that, bro, because all Brad Siegel said to me was, I want you to work with Eric Bischoff. Now, of course, Bischoff has a whole other story. If you saw uh, the dark side of the ring, you heard the other story 15 times. He was in charge of me. He was overseeing me. I had no say. Now, bro, either one of two things occurred. Number one, either Eric's full of shit, okay, or that is what Brad Siegel sold to Eric Bischoff while telling me a completely different story. That that's, that's what he might have had to tell Eric to get Eric aboard. Never once did Brad Siegel state that to me because that's when I would have said, well, Brad, my contract states that I'm head of creative and I have final say-so. So, you know, you're breaching my contract if now you're telling me Eric has no, has final say-so. That conversation never took place. So either Eric is lying or Siegel told Eric whatever he had to tell him, but never informed me of what he told Eric. And that story is just ringing in my ears, man. 
as I'm reading this story today, and I'm going to break it down to you. I'm going to break down to you exactly what I think happened. The story is on a site called SES Scoops. SES Scoops. Um, I guess it's SE Scoops. I don't know. But it's by a, a BJ Bethel. AEW locker room frustrated with all-in planning, CM Punk drama, and creative. According to several AEW staff and wrestlers and other sources close to the company, the blow-up this weekend following its collision show in Greensboro, North Carolina, wasn't new or something that had been building for a long time. It's been the standard work environment since the new Saturday show debuted and CM Punk returned to the company. As you know, bro, a third show was added called Collision, and CM Punk became the vocal point of that show. Now, I will tell you my hypothesis and my theory and how it relates back to Brad Siegel once I go through this story. In an exclusive story by SE Scoops, Adam Page and Ryan Nemeth were blocked from appearing at the Collision show on Saturday by Punk. Despite the two having business at the arena, Page, who lives in Greensboro, was scheduled for pre-tapes while Nemeth was scheduled for a match. Page was the subject of a post-show promo from Punk who ripped his merchandise sales before blasting the elite for calling themselves the heart and soul of the company. Nemeth and Page were among five wrestlers Punk had blocked from appearing at Coliseum events and uh, uh, and coinciding tapings since the show started. According to Dave Meltzer at the Wrestling Observer, the list includes Matt Hardy, AEW Director of Talent Relations Christopher Daniels, a fifth wrestler known to SE Scoops, has also been blocked from numerous shows. This practice isn't new and has been happening with the company since the first Collision episode aired in Chicago. Okay, bro, this is what I think happened, and then I'll go on with the rest of the story. Guys, CM Punk, who was a... I don't I don't know I don't know what Punk's contract was. He was either an employee of AEW or an independent contractor for AEW. Regardless, he was attacked in his locker room by vice presidents of the company. Executive EVPs, executive vice presidents of the company barged into his locker room. Um the Young Bucks and um, Kenny Omega. Okay, bro, right there, CM Punk has a lawsuit out the ass, bro. It would be the equivalent, man, of you going to work and your boss attacks you. That's what it would be the, the equivalent of. You got assault charges, you got an unsafe working environment. He can sue those individuals. He could sue Tony Khan. He could sue AEW. There's a list, a list, a litany. He's in the driver's seat. He's got Tony Khan by the balls. Your executive vice presidents just attacked me. Not to mention uh, the, the, the his buddies in there, Steele, 
His buddy's wife is in there. Punk's dog winds up getting injured. This was a mess for Tony Khan. So CM Punk's got Tony Khan by the balls. So unless he wants a massive lawsuit, unless he wants horrible, horrible press, unless he wants the truth to come out, Khan's going to have to appease CM Punk in some manner. Now, I don't know who came up with the idea of collision, whether it was Khan, whether it was Punk, whether it was TNT and TBS. But the higher-ups basically want CM Punk because they know he is a ratings getter and a name. So this show is built around CM Punk. The network wants it. Tony Khan doesn't want to wind up with a black eye with a lawsuit. Bro, then he's got to explain that shit to his dad and all that stuff. He doesn't want that. And man, this is a vehicle for punk. Now, bro, the problem is with punk in the driver's seat, there is no doubt in my mind that he made up the rules. And there is no doubt in my mind that Punk had a list of people he wanted on the show and people he did not want on the show. And not only did he not want them on the show, he didn't want them anywhere near the building. There's no doubt in my mind. There's also no doubt in my mind that Tony Khan agreed to all that. Whatever Punk wanted, he gave him. This assured the television show headlined by Punk for TBS and TNT. And it assured Punk of not going through the lawsuit. I'm sure he got a settlement, but not going through with this publicly. But here's the problem, bro. Much like Brad Siegel, Tony Khan did not tell those other people who were not going to be allowed to be on collision. He did not inform them. He did not tell them up front. He was not honest with them. So now these people, his employees, show up for work. They know nothing about this. And they are turned around and sent home. That's exactly what this looks like to me. The practice is anew, has been happening with the company since the first collision episode aired in Chicago. When asked about Paige and Nemeth being blocked from the show on the latest Battleground podcast, Khan answered with a no comment. He didn't say whether wrestlers would continue to be blocked from appearing at the shows despite being scheduled. Voices of Wrestling in an exclusive on its Patreon page reported Punk stating he had blocked several wrestlers from appearing at the show but denied Page had been blocked by him. Sources have reinstated have restated that Page was blocked from the show by Punk 
Page did pre-tapings at a different location, which AEW has done in the past. So as you can see, bro, what we're reading here is Tony Khan just did not have the balls to man up. He did not have the balls to sit down this talent, including Page, and saying, listen, man, this guy had me over a barrel. There were going to be lawsuits out the ass. It was not going to be a good look for AEW. Therefore, I did what I had to do. That's not what he did. He kept them in the dark and did not tell them. Punk's issues with other wrestlers started to peak with the all-out press conference and fight. Adam Page, Friends of the Elite, and those who have voiced issues with Punk over social media or podcasts. Both Britt Baker and John Moxley have talked about have talked about critical have talked critically about the press conference and the fight that resulted afterwards. Thoughts and feelings on Punk haven't changed since the All Out press conference in 2021, but that's not the case with Khan, whose staff and workers have have said has lacked leadership and is straining under the weight of a massive Wembley show two primetime TV shows, and a real-life backstage brawl that's the biggest locker room fiasco since Survivor Series 1997. No doubt. Bro, this ain't a knock on Tony Khan. This would be too much for anybody. This is a lot of shit, bro. Remember remember when this company first started? Everything was going to be different. Everything was going to be nicey-nicey. And I said, bullshit, bro. It's the wrestling business. And Tony Khan is obviously starting to find that out. A lot are upset about Wembley, one wrestler told Desi Scoops. Maybe if it were just Wembley, it would be different. But with everything that's happened over the last year, it's becoming the one major issue. People want to know if they're going to London, what the card's going to be. Uh, it's a show everyone wants to be on. It's like our WrestleMania 3 or maybe our WrestleMania 1. But there isn't any urgency. People are scared. We aren't going to live up to this moment. The main event, MJF versus Adam Cole, was announced on Dynamite three weeks ago. FTR versus a Young Buck was announced last week, along with a four-way women's title match. Whether right or wrong, Khan stated in the press conference following the Forbidden Door 2 pay-per-view that the card for the show would unfold late due to injuries and, and other issues. Bro, that's bullshit. You unfold the card as early as you possibly can, and then if issues occur, you deal with those injuries. If injuries occur, you deal with those injuries. But you have a card. You go into a huge show, you have a card. If that card has to be adjusted, you adjust it. He said in the presser just after Forbidden Door that Wembley would be a card that would take time to build, another AEW employee said. He said this was going to be the case, so I'm not sure why everyone is disgruntled about it. I get the fans, but Brian Danielson would have likely been in this main event or in the top of the card somewhere. Then he breaks his arm, and the same night Tony said this, so it was already a factor before anyone knew how bad he was hurt. That caused a huge change in plans. Tony even said injuries are going to make this like the first Forbidden Shore, uh, Door show 
when things developed and were scheduled late, and that's been the case. Bro, more than anything else, injuries are a part of professional wrestling. You cannot use them as an excuse or a crutch in any way, shape, or form. If you are a booker, and you know we are talking about the three-time booker of the year, if you are a booker, bro, you know there are going to be injuries. Wrestlers and staff have shielded away from talking about Punk since his return to the company during the debut of AEW Collision. During Warner Upfronts, when Collision was formally announced, while the company and wrestlers have portrayed everything being fine, that hasn't been the case according to those who spoke with SE Scoops. Punk's problems at Upfronts have continued into uh, Collision, including the first episode of the program. People have accepted it as a reality, even though it's driving everyone nuts, one wrestler said. People don't don't understand Tony at first, then kind of give up and realize this is who he's going to be. This is who he's going with. This company was growing before Punk ever came here. But after everything that's happened, for Tony to give him his own show and free reign over everything, including people we can get in, in or not, then that's the end of it. Yes, bro. He gave Punk free reign because he had no other choice. Bro, I would not be the, le- the least bit surprised if Punk was having conversations with the network behind Tony Khan's back, I would not be the the least bit surprised because the network knows CM Punk is a big name. They know CM Punk is a draw. And all of a sudden, bro, CM Punk isn't on the show anymore. Uh, because he got into a fight with AEW executive vice president, you don't think the network's going to want to hear Punk's side of that story, bro? You really don't think so? So you got to understand what this is all about is Tony was effed. Punk had him over a barrel. Lawsuits out the ass. I got to explain this to daddy. Why are my executive vice presidents beating up the talent? This would have been horrible. And like I said, bro, who knows? Maybe it was Punk who pitched the new show to the network. Or maybe it was the network that went to Punk without Tony Khan even being in that loop. So then at the end of the day... When the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed and the deal is made between the network, Con and Punk, and Punk certainly has a say-so of who's on his show and who's not on his show and no doubt turned in a list, well, Tony Khan seems a lot like Brad Siegel here. And what I mean by that, bro, if Brad Siegel sold uh, 
uh, Eric Bischoff, a bill of goods. You're the boss. You're in charge. What Russo doesn't say matter. Whatever Bischoff said in that documentary, if that were indeed true, and I don't know if it is, bro, then Brad Siegel never told me. Just like Brad Siegel never told the AEW talent, well, bro, uh, CM Punk drives the collision bus and you're not riding on that bus. Bro, let me tell you something. Lying, not telling the truth, half-truths, totally flat-out lying, bro. Every single time, man, it's going to come back and bite you in the ass. The charade or the charade, whatever you want to call it, is only going to last for a very short amount of time. And when you're in the shoes, when you're in the position of a Tony Khan man or a Brad Siegel, and you're running the ship, and you are not relaying the facts to the people who need to know, then this is the exact way that shit is going to go down. I've seen it, man. And I haven't just seen it in wrestling. I've seen this at other jobs, man. I've seen this in my workplace. Um, I've seen this on a personal level, man. Guys, no matter how hard it might be, the truth always has to be told. And bro, as corny and as cliche-ish as it is, the reality of it is the truth shall set you free. The truth shall set you free. Now, you know, bro, sometimes there's going to be a price to pay, but I can guarantee you, man, once you come clean and once you pay that price, you are going to feel so much better compared to you just hiding in the darkness. You are going to be exposed, bro. If you are hiding in the darkness, you are going to be exposed. And Tony Khan's getting exposed here. He was not on the uppity up with everybody. He did what he had to do. And now, bro, it's coming back to bite him in the ass. So there you go, bro. A very, very, very interesting story. And you know, it's only going to go from bad to worse. I will follow it, bro. I will keep you posted. But for now, go have some chicken necks, bro. Tell the truth. Don't make the teacher hit you on the knuckles with the ruler, bro. Tell the truth. I'll see you guys next time. My-